Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Right now, I've invited a very special guest to come on and talk to us for just a few minutes. And I, I was jokingly say he's a man I love talking trash with. Good morning, David. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing very well. And David is our, a friend of everyone in San Antonio because he's a friend of the solid waste, or he's the head of the solid waste division here in San Antonio. And, uh, you provide a service to San Antonians that, uh, I would, I would call absolutely essential. absolutely and as the director of solid waste management it's always exciting to service our over 355,000 customers each and every day isn't that amazing and and you guys have an incredible new program um called uh, uh reworks sa which is all about recycling but before we start talking about that i'd i'd like to talk a little bit more about the volume of waste that is created and how expensive it is to get rid of it. Well, and and I really appreciate uh, being on the broadcast this morning. You know, we actually generate in San Antonio and handle over 500,000 tons of materials. And over 10 years ago, approximately 12 years ago, our recycling rate was about 6% or less. That meant that we were throwing away 94% of everything we touched. Today, our recycling rate is north of 33%. Our residential performance rate is at 36%. So the residents of our community have done outstanding when it comes to recycling. And just one more question before we move on to what the businesses can do. I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball and per cubic yard of waste, how much did it cost to dispose of that 10 years ago how much does it cost today? And looking into the future, how much do you think it's going to cost 20 and or 40 years from now? Okay, and that's a great question. So what we do today and how we measure that is through tonnage. Right. So today we actually cost, and back then, roughly less than $20 per ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas has a lot of land, so the disposal rate at landfills are a lot cheaper but we want to hold them out of landfill. So today it's about $25 per ton to answer your question. But when we recycle, we're actually diverting over $23 of those tons uh, or $23 per ton rate. Mm -hmm. So recycling actually benefits us as a community from the economic standpoint. So that's also why Reworks SA was a part of our recycling and resource recovery plan. It was a third goal in the plan, and that's about connecting local businesses to recycling solutions that work. Well, you know, I uh, I, I took a course quite a few years ago on composting, and one thing that we were told is that every time we have to expand our landfills, every time we create a new landfill, the price goes up and up and up. 
And that's why it is so important that we reduce the amount that we put into the landfill. And that is what recycling is all about. And uh, one thing I learned from you the other day is that uh, about 50% of the waste that goes in there is created by businesses. And uh, there, there's a wonderful new program out there to recognize businesses that do their part to recycle. Absolutely. So that business name is Recycling Works. Uh, S.A., which is also meaning Recycling Works San Antonio. Now, RecyclingWorksSA.org is where uh, people today can find us on our website, and they can get a chance to really see. And we want San Antonio to celebrate with us our first 50 chartered members of Reworks S.A. That means that these businesses have shown their social responsibility. Not only that, but they've either achieved their bronze, silver, or gold designations for their certification. So as a city, we want to recognize them as a whole. The first chartered members, the first 50, congratulations. <laughs> and and Shades of Green is very proud to be among those 50, among the gold-level ones. And, and what I hope we can accomplish this morning is two things. I hope that our listeners, many of whom are business people, will realize how important it is to do this and will want to seek the same recognition we got. And I hope that the other listeners, as you're visiting different businesses around you know, ask them if they recycle. Put a little bit of pressure on them. Uh, I, I look at places, I will admit, I'm addicted to Starbucks chai, and I look at how much cardboard those people throw away every day, every week. And cardboard's one of the most recyclable products out there. But I just really want to encourage everybody out there to continue your own recycling. But as you visit businesses, put a little pressure on them because uh, they need to be recycling as well. One of the advantages about our program is if we have a business that's not sure if they can have an economic advantage of recycling, we have teams that will actually go out and walk through the assessment with them. Mm -hmm. So they're not in it by themselves. Some of the smaller businesses, we have uh, tools that we use, but we also have certain containers that we will give them for their offices to get them started. We're trying to take away any reason for not getting started or getting involved to at least assess. So that's why we're proud of the first 50 that did their social responsibility to the highest level. And they're our chartered members forever. So <laughs> this is just the beginning oh, yeah. of what's to come. And, and, you know, I think it was a surprise to us. And, and by the way, we should mention that this assessment is done at absolutely no charge. Uh, this is a, a city service, and, and we're paying for it through our taxes, of course. But you guys are doing this because it's the right thing to do. But I know at Shades of Green, years ago, when we got a second dumpster, we got a recycling dumpster that is twice as big as our garbage dumpster. And yet the company that we use charges us a whole lot less to empty that recycling dumpster because they can take those products and many times, you know, realize some profit from those. And it costs it costs less to put your recyclable waste into a recycling dumpster than it costs to put in the dumpster that practically every business house out there to begin with. That's absolutely correct. And that's why we've been measuring the reduction of landfills here in San Antonio, uh, also in our Bear County region. We are seeing a steady decline 
in the amount of tons that are going into our landfill, and we're seeing a steady increase in recycling. I, I've got this thing where you recycle it or either you give it back to nature. Mm-hmm. So that's why when we had a chance to see Shades of Green, we know that's about <laughs> giving it back to nature. <laughs> so thank you for that. Well, gosh, it's it's our pleasure. And um, I know you've got big plans. San Antonio is kind of leading the way, aren't they? Aren't we one of the first cities in Texas and certainly one of the biggest cities to establish a program like this? Yes, we are. We're the first in Texas. We're also the first as a city to do it without a state mandate. Very good. No one's mandating our residents and our business communities to do this. This is what we do instinctively because we care about our next generation of recyclers and our children and our grandchildren. I'm a granddad, so I've got to be (laughs) right by then. And that's amazing since you're only 27 years old. Yes, sir. Thank you for that. But yeah, this is about, this is bigger than any one individual or one company. This is how do we create the the ability to learn and learn from each other. I guarantee you out of the 50 chartered members, there is one of those companies that another company could benchmark and learn from. I guarantee you. They're exceptional leaders in our business community. And we saw that at the at the gathering you hosted for us last week. And, uh, you know, for the business, it says, you know, what's in it for me other than just knowing that you're doing the right thing. It is an opportunity for some very good publicity for each and every business. And it's like you say, it's yes. a great opportunity to network with other people and uh as, as you and I have talked, we all in businesses, we always have some things that we wish we could recycle, but we just haven't found a way to do it yet. And you guys are out there to help us with that as well. That is correct. So as we explore and look at ways to improve the economics of waste reduction, recycling, because the ideal is not to generate the waste to begin with. Yeah. But once it is generated, what do we do with it? How do we improve it? You know, one of the things that the city has done is we have multifamily, we have drop-off facilities Mm -hmm. in all quadrants of the city. So even our multifamily students that renting apartments that pay that (laughs) environmental fee on the CPS bill could take advantage of that. We're trying to expand the, the bandwidth of making it convenient for all of our residents as well as gated communities. And, you know, there's there's so much left to do. And I and, and we've tried to do this in the plant business. I don't like the word waste. Uh, people always talk about garden waste, and I'm not sure what to replace it with. But those clippings, those leaves, those trimmings, they're not waste. They are good compostable materials. And the things mm-hmm. that people are putting in their garbage cans, uh, you know, the cardboard, the plastics, right. the metals, uh, all these things, they're just, they're not waste. They're just materials that are waiting to be repurposed. Materials, that's right. And that's why our program, out of uh, that 500,000 tons so far, we are managing to capture as many as 60,000 tons just in our green cart program, the the one that gives it back to nature. So 
It makes great compost. You're definitely right about that. No question. <laughs> well, David, it, it is a pleasure having had you on the program for a few minutes this morning. Tell all those people out there who have businesses that would like to learn how to participate. Once again, give them the website. If you'd like to give out a phone number, they can call. Um, you know, we just, it, it's such a neat deal and I thought we were doing a good job. And then, then I learned how much more there is to do. And it was just so much fun to hear of the city creating a really good program that can benefit literally everybody in town. So once again, tell us, tell us where people can learn more about SA, about reworks essay and, uh, yeah. where they can call to get more information or perhaps get an assessment for their own business. Yes, so we want you to go online to reworksessay.org. And for those of you who like to talk to a live person, you can still call our customer service number at 210-207-6428. And they can just call and say, hey, I wanted to talk talk trash with somebody. And they can connect you to our Reworks SA team and schedule an appointment for you. And... Once again, congratulations to the Reworks SA 50 chartered members. Y'all are amazing. Yeah. That was an amazing time. And we just we want everybody to call 207-6428 and learn how to get more and more people involved. And, hey, a big personal thank you for taking a little out of your Sunday morning. I know this is a busy day for you, and uh, you're off just doing good things as you always are. So uh, just know how much we appreciate you and all the gals and guys at uh, Reworks SA and all the people and solid waste in general you just do wonderful things for us and we appreciate you bob thank you so much for having me on your show briefly this morning let's do it again sometime we'll do it again david i sure appreciate it and you get out and have a good sunday thank you now thank you sir bye david mccurry is he's an amazing individual (laughs) and like say roberta and i my business partner and i got acquainted with him uh, just a little while back through the reworks essay program but my gosh this is such a good thing and if we're going to keep our solid waste payments, how much it costs us, you know, in our garbage, our disposal fees every month, you know, the more we keep stuff out of the landfill, the less money it's going to cost us. And of course, you know, the thing I love, the better it is for the environment. And uh, just know that your city of San Antonio solid waste division is working at it. And, uh, um, again, it's Reworks SA that you can go to as a website. It's uh, 210-207-6428 if you'd just like to get more information or like to find out how your business can participate. All right, back to gardening and the phone calls. Uh, again, it's going to be Alan, AJ, Mark, and Bill. And good morning, Alan. Hi, good morning. Good morning, sir. Is uh, organic uh, blood meal... Uh, I know I use that to kind of run off the raccoons and the possums. And uh, is it uh, bad for dogs if they eat it? They seem to they seem to want to eat it. <laughs> and let's just say it may cause a gastric upset. Um, and, uh, (laughs) they, you would not, and I'm trying to be as polite as possible about this. If they eat any quantity of it, you would want them to spend a little time outside before they come in the house, or you might have some cleanup to do. (laughs) 
bad. But okay. other than that, right. it's it, it's not super toxic. It's not going to cause them any long term problems. And you know, most dogs, their motto is, "If you can't eat it, roll in it." But uh, uh, small right. quantities will cause absolutely no problem if they were to get in to it and eat a bunch of it you'd have some stomach issues and probably some diarrhea for a little while but uh it's not not a life-threatening thing at all okay uh thank you and the second question is i want to plant some grass like you know just some saint augustine in a real sunny area on top of asphalt or asphalt parking lot okay do i just put down what how much inches of soil <laughs> and then put some grass on top of it is it going to grow um, the answer is put down absolutely as much soil as you can. And you could just lay sod on top of an asphalt parking lot and you could grow grass, but you'd be watering it twice a day. You'd be fertilizing it like mad. So the more soil you can create, uh, the easier it's going to be for you to maintain and the less water it will take to do so. And people think, well, that's a crazy idea. But these are the same folks that are sitting out on in Stone Oak, sitting on top of a slab of limestone and trying to grow grass with no more than two inches of soil. And it can be a very frustrating thing. So um, right. if you're going to really be serious about this, you know, I'd be trying to put down eight or ten inches of soil. Um, it, like I say, it'll grow with as little or as much dirt as you want to put underneath it. But the less room you have for that grass to grow roots, the more work it's going to be you for you to maintain it well. And considering okay. that we will one day, I hope it's not immediately, but in the sometime in the future, we're going to go back to drought restrictions. You're going to be limited as how often you can legally water that St. Augustine. So uh, minimize the grass area and maximize the amount of, so of soil you put underneath it. And then I would suggest if it's a sunny area, there's a, a variety of St. Augustine called Floritam that is the right. most drought-tolerant, sun-tolerant St. Augustine out there, and that's the one I'd be using. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a nice day. You do the same, Alan. Good question. Thank you for the call. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, AJ's up next. Good morning, AJ. Good morning, Bob. How are you? It's just another nice Sunday out there. It may not be the best weather for sunbathing or playing golf, but, you know, it's uh, it's not a bad day from the plant's perspective, and therefore I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah, that's, that's probably correct. Hey, I called you about uh, six weeks ago about mole crickets, and you said don't mess with them at that time. But uh, I've got them in about an eight-foot strip in my strawberry row, and I, I need to get rid of them boogers. Okay. Uh, you said to put uh, spindle set on them. Yeah. Now, that, that soil is wet now. Do I, do I do it now or wait till that soil dries up a little you, bit? You do it whenever it is convenient for you. Um, the, you actually want to get it in direct contact with the creatures, so... Um, they're going to be out and more active if it's a little drier and a little warmer. But uh, as long as you can do an effective job of wetting down the area, uh, you go for it anytime you like. Spinosad is a natural material. It's derived from uh, some bacterial organisms in the soil. So it's not like a chemical that's going to break down and go away or cause any problems. I'll tell you, it'd be a little bit more effective if it was drier and warmer 
But uh, since you're probably going to wind up putting making two applications of it to be really successful because you're going to have eggs and larvae out there that you may not get the first time around, even if you get all the adults, I'd say go for it. Do it now. Repeat it in about a week, and then you should be in pretty good shape. Should I loosen that soil up or, or let it as is? If you're just trying to get rid of the crickets, leave it as is. If you're trying to grow things better, uh, loosening it slightly would probably be a big help to get things growing a little bit better. But as far as going after the creatures, uh, makes no difference. You certainly don't have to loosen it. Uh, if you, I mean, if there's a lot of thatch down, if there's a lot of material for them to get under and hide and get away from your spray, yeah, I would rake it. I would do something like that so that your chances of bringing the spinosad in contact with them are better. I'm going to use a sprinkled can where I can get a, a more volume of yeah. water and liquid on them. So, yeah. All right, I'll give that a shot, Bob. Well, if you can find anybody willing to help you, um, some family members, of course, as we know, uh, are not as prone to working outside. But anyway, if you can find somebody to help you, AJ, get somebody to go along with a hard rake, a grass rake, and kind of rake over an area, and you come along behind that with your watering can, and it'll just make you that much more effective. All right. Oh, so do, do okay, take a, see, I've got my plan seeing already. I've got uh-huh. a, uh, water in between them. Sure. Oh, well, all right. I'll give it a shot, Bob. And you enjoy your day, and it's always good to hear from you. I noticed you use that word, if, in that statement. <laughs> now, on Valentine's week, you and I should not get ourselves into trouble by, by probing too deeply into certain subjects involving help in the yard. Uh, okay, Bob. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> we'll look forward to it, A.J. Thank you so much. <laughs> Goodbye. All right, let's talk to Mark, and then it'll be Bill. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Bob. Morning, sir. Well, we had a little bit of ice yesterday. <laughs> I was going to ask how cold it got, and I was going to ask if you have heard any analysis of potential damage to the peach crop. Um, I'm I'm guessing it wasn't too bad. I mean, Good. we had 28 for a bunch of hours, but, yeah. but we're in a cold spot. So mm-hmm. I don't, I'll have to send you. There's, there's this really interesting website we found that has... It has each stage of the peach uh-huh. and how much cold they can take. Oh, really? It's, it's really fascinating. Like, you know, at each stage of the budding and right. what they look like. Sure. Um, I'll, I'll send that to you. It, it, yeah, it's really interesting. But they'll take a fair amount of cold even at yeah. certain stages of the bloom. Yeah, so. and 28 degrees is not is not real cold compared to what Fredericksburg gets <laughs> uh, at, on some time. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that we can still look forward to a good peach crop this year. What's going on in your world? Well, um, I, I sell tomatoes and, and Asian cucumbers to one of the fancy restaurants, uh-huh. and we pretty much stick with the reliable, like the Juliets, and we have this medium-sized heirloom called Adelia that we grow. Mm-hmm. Um, the chef is interested in, in some um, variety in the tomatoes, like like different colors or different shapes or something. Sure. Is, is there something else you would recommend that would be... Well, one thing is I'd like it to produce through the summer. (laughs) Sure. Well, uh, yes and no. Uh, There are a lot of colorful tomatoes out there. Um, and, uh, the problem is that so many of them, especially the heirloom varieties are not heavy producers. Um, the, the one that I would really suggest that you grow and, and grow one or of these, one or two of these, uh, there's a yellow one, and this is a big tomato called lemon boy. 
And there's a one that I have found even to be even more productive that's called Carolina Gold. And these will start, these will keep producing on into the summer. Uh, July, no, you're not going to get as much from them. Although I have occasionally, if I get invited to a 4th of July party, uh, people usually ask me to bring tomatoes. And I have had some of the Carolina gold that late. But August, you know, and into September, no, you're probably, they're probably not going to be producing then. Um, the, uh, the, the yellow cherry that I love, the sun gold, is not uh-huh. as big as Juliet, but it's not a tiny tomato either. And, uh, it will continue to produce. And that would be a good one for a small tomato. Uh, there is one called black cherry. And of course, okay. uh, it's you know it's just it's it's more of a purple. It, it almost looks like it has some black pigment in it, but it's more of a purple than anthocyanin, like all of our so-called black tomatoes are. But uh, okay. black cherry is not as productive as Sun Gold or Juliet, but it's it is productive. You will get a lot of uh, produce from it. There is another kind of uh, mm, odd little cherry that's called Snow White. And oh. it is an almost white. It is has very little yellow in it. It's kind of a cream color, but uh, it is another cherry. And, of course, the cherries are all much heavier producers as far as right. numbers of tomatoes. But uh, I would absolutely include Sun Gold. I would think about adding Snow White and Black Cherry as two other possibilities for, you know, all summer production. Okay. Now, we do... Since we are in this, you know, we're at 2,000 feet in this cold dip, <clears throat> right. our nights get always get a, a few degrees cooler up here. So mm-hmm. we have, we do it a little bit better, you know, than, than you would in the summer. Sure. You know, there's, there's a little bit cooler. So Well, um, it's it's day length as well as temperature that influence how long these things for, keep producing. And, and the days are the same length in Fredericksburg as they are in Bernie. But you're right. The temperature, the cool temperatures, the cooler uh, nighttime temperatures – will help with increasing production and it'll help the fruit last longer on the vine but uh um there's no big fruited uh tomato that i'm going to tell you is going to do all summer long for you but the 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 carolina gold the lemon boys extend that season on out and they are very definitely beautiful tomatoes as well as very good flavor okay i still need to get you an idea it's uh this heirloom that we grow that yeah it's really good and it's it actually is produced mostly through the summer outstanding now these um will your store have these varieties some of them i never know because we uh you know we just don't have the uh you know you know on fifty dollars square foot land which is what land is around our you you don't have room to do a growing operation and we're kind of at the mercy of our growers but uh we're always pushing for them to produce more of these sun gold i know they will have uh we'll work on them for the uh, black cherry and the uh, snow white but uh we'll do our best to get them and the seeds out there and you know you're a good gardener You you can start them from seed if you need to right and the lemon boy would you have uh, lemon boy, we almost always have. Sometimes they produce lemon boy, sometimes Carolina gold, but we almost always have one or the other of those two. Okay. And if you need any number of them, you know, call us a week ahead and we'll see if we can uh, get uh, an extra flat of them for you or whatever. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. 
Yeah, time to get it's time to get our seeds going here. So. It, <laughs> it it definitely is. It's you know we're we're in second week of February, and that's so hard to believe. But uh, February is a short month. We're gonna blink twice. It's gonna be March, and we're gonna say, "Oops, we should have gotten them started sooner." Right, right. Do, do you have uh, plants greening out already there? We have a a lot of things starting to bloom as far as. Uh, Oh, you know, things like the beautiful flowering quince and the Carolina jessamine and my primrose jasmine is starting to have flowers on it. Not seeing a lot of foliage growth, but it's it's sure just about to break out on things. I'm seeing buds on my cedar elm trees. Ashes always start out early and half the time you get frozen back. But when the cedar elms start budding, I know that we're getting closer to spring. Yeah, and our, our elbow bushes, the elbow bushes do great yeah. here and i mean they just take over the world <laughs> <laughs> the fun fun we, native stuff yeah we had to take some of them out because they just <laughs> but yeah they're blooming now so okay thanks bob you take care you do steve it's always good to talk to you mark thanks so much great. Uh, thanks bye. all right well cream tells me someone called wanted to know if it was too wet to spray oak trees not sure what you're spraying for but if you're spraying for ball moss no, you're probably fine to spray your baking soda or better still potassium bicarbonate. If you have trimmed and you're spraying wounds, absolutely critical that you spray. Just use a latex paint of some sort. All you're trying to do is seal those wounds for about a week or 10 days to keep the beetles away from them. So, no, uh, as long as you're not up on a slick ladder, it's not too not not too wet to spray at all let's see it's going to be uh bill and then jan tim and mark and uh bill starts it out good morning bill hey hey, good morning bob well good morning hey i got a message to call you but it was too late in the day i was already on my way home so i'm glad you got through this morning how can i help yeah remember we was talking about the grass that i need to replace for over the pipeline that somebody else is going to pay for kind of look it up but you did you get too busy you know, I was, uh, yes, I did. And, um, okay. it's, uh, it, uh, all I, <laughs> what I plan to do is call the guys over at Douglas King seed and ask them. And, uh, I can't get through to them on the weekend. And when I got to looking at it yesterday and said, Oh, I need to do this. Uh, I, I don't know how to get hold of Dean on the weekend. So it's on my list of things to do tomorrow morning, unless you want to call him. Yeah, I guess I can do that. No problem. Uh, now, my son, you know, before he joined the Marine Corps, uh, he's now at St. Croix, Virgin Islands. <laughs> what fun. And, well, <laughs> yeah, I know. But anyways, you know, before he joined, and my other son, too, also, they learned to garden from me, and he loves gardening. And mm-hmm. Where he lives, his patio is solid concrete, so he has to do, uh, you know, container uh-huh. gardening, and he grows tomatoes, you know, all of the things. He called me, and I don't have an answer. His green onions, you know, like the multiplying onions or mm-hmm. even, you know, your 10, 15s when you buy them in a set, when they start to grow, they're getting white spots on the green. Can you help me? There are two or three things that may cause that. Uh, there are some little mites. They're actually thrips. That can be a real problem on both garlic and on onions, and they are almost always a sign that the onions are getting a little too dry. 
if you if you keep them in active growth, if you water regularly, you keep hitting them with that whatever liquid organic fertilizer he can find, they are much less of an issue. And although it sounds strange, you can really control thrips by spraying with liquid garlic. And it, it sounds strange to spray onions with garlic, but uh, mm-hmm. that will very definitely help reduce the thrips. And that is one of the two big causes of the spotting on the foliage on green onions. The other is if you've got any kind of liquid beading up on them, the dew in the morning, or if you're out there watering in the middle of the day, everywhere the sunlight hits a drop of water, it acts like a little magnifying glass and will actually burn the tissue underneath. Now, we can't help what Mother Nature does and occasionally creating some moisture on leaves followed immediately by hot sun but be certain that he is doing his watering if he's doing any overhead watering at all be certain that he's doing it uh morning or evening he's not wetting the foliage in the middle of the day or that could certainly lead to little white burn spots on the on the foliage of his onions well i can tell you one thing uh i don't think he's not watering enough as you know when you're on the islands you get a rainstorm in the middle of the day mm-hmm. and then the sun comes out. So that may be the big culprit. Uh, yeah. He, you know, he collects rainwater uh-huh. uh, and that's what he uses to water. Sure. And of course he has to buy the soil there, you know, right. Right. I think they do have a Kmart there or something like that. Well, and anyway. I don't know. I know many of the, Islands in that part of the world are, you know, are coral islands, but there are also some that uh, of volcanic origin, which has some igneous rock. And uh, boy, if he can get some some ground lava, uh, lava sand or something to work into his soil, that's going to help it all that much more. In those latitudes, it would not hurt to give uh, his onions as much as 30% shade, they're still going to produce very well under 30% shade. And that shade cloth will help with uh, breaking up the rain a little bit, and it will reduce the sun's intensity where it's not going, not as likely to burn when you do get that liquid sunshine, as they call it in Hawaii, those afternoon rains. Uh, just a little bit of sun of shade cloth won't affect the growth of his onions, but it sure will affect the potential for the for the cells to burn underneath the water droplets. Well, I've been sending him pasture grow and some Medina, you know, mm-hmm. to use for fertilizer because I don't think he can get that there. Sure. And so, and I'll get some lava sand and I can, you know, send that also. Yeah, uh, lava sand's heavy. If he can find a place to buy it there, it, uh, it'll sure be a lot cheaper. Well, you know, Bob, I use those since I've been doing the uh, care packages to the troop, you know, uh-huh. U.S. Post Office priority box. It can weigh a hundred pounds or five pounds. It still costs you the same. Well, you, uh, you, I can get it in there. uh, You know, they, they don't charge by weight on those priority boxes. Well, that's a great thing to do. And, uh, we tell them, of course, we all appreciate his service. And, uh, yeah, I think Lava Sand would help him a great deal if you can get some to him. And if Mark's still listening, last year I grew Sungo. I got tired of picking them. So he, won't, he won't have a problem furnishing restaurants with Sun Gold. No. And uh, do you have any any cherry tomato you'd like better than Sun Gold? It's still my favorite. Well, you know, once you introduce me to Juliet, uh, you know, uh, I just grow the heck out of them because yeah. they produce, you know, in 100-degree weather or whatever. And, you know, like you told me way back there, I plant two plants and each hole, you know, side by side. Yeah. 
and I take up less room and more more tomatoes. I mean, sometimes, you know, I I got two and a half uh, two gallon buckets, you know, like they <laughs> use at HEB for icing. Yeah. And for one plant, I can almost fill it up. Well, in the good I, years, in the yeah. good years. Yeah, Juliet is certainly. As productive, I just still like the taste of those sungulls a little bit better. But uh, I'm always happy to hear that things are working well for you, Bill. You get out yeah, and enjoy and I, this. Uh, enjoy well, this, this Sunday. Well, let me ask you. Okay. Can I ask you another? Go question? ahead. You know that guy called about chilling hours. I tried to go to that site. Have you tried that? No, I haven't. I haven't done it yet. Again, I've been been traveling, and but uh, we're through with our last uh, business trip. So until summer, so I got a lot of things to the catch other, up on. The other cherry I like is the porter too. You mentioned that a lot. Yeah, porter's like a big cherry, the so-called improved yeah. porter. I I consider that a small fruited big tomato. But yeah, it's yeah. it's it's on the big side, but it sure is a good, tasty, productive it's, tomato. All right. all right, have a good week. You do the same, sir. Thank you so much, and goodbye. Good morning, Jan. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Um, I have a question. I have a friend that has a wisteria, but it's that dark purple color. Okay, and it's the one that blooms a little later in the summer? Yes, yeah. and she had a bunch of the seed pods hanging, so she gave gave me a whole bunch of them. And um, I was wondering, do you have to scratch those seeds a little bit before you plant them if you want to scarify them very lightly you can now realize that's not a true wisteria they call it evergreen wisteria if you want to look it up botanically the genus is meletia m-i-l-l-e-t-i-a i believe and here in the hill country and in san antonio its big disadvantage is that it does not like our alkaline soil so lots of compost in there and add some azomite, some magic sand, some green sand, something to get some extra iron in. It's beautiful. It's fragrant. Uh, if you go to Houston, it grows like a weed where they have a little bit different soil. You can certainly grow it here, but it's a little bit more work than it is in uh, in areas with deeper, richer soils. Yeah, the funny story about that is I bought those seeds home and the pods and put them in a basket next uh-huh. to the here and every now and then they explode and scare you <laughs> and throw the seed all over the place yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i have one more question and it's about a watermelon radish or, okay are we able to grow those you can it's getting a little late my experience with the uh with those big old watermelon radishes is that they are not quite as cold hardy as some of the others uh you Probably, if it stays cool, you'll have time to get one more crop of them in. Uh, and as you have seen, they are a much bigger radish than Cherry Bell or French Breakfast or lots of the other ones we grow. So when you thin them, you do need to space them out a little bit further. I would thin them to, oh, probably three inches apart, where on most radishes I only thin them to one inch. Well, they taste exactly the same? Uh, very similar. A lot yeah, depends just, on their care. Of course, any radish, if you grow it too dry, it's going to be stronger, hotter. If you grow it with too much water, it'll be kind of bland in flavor. But you hit that Goldilocks spot, and it will be uh, it'll be very tasty. I don't. I've never found that they have quite as much bite to them as some of the smaller varieties. But they're uh, pretty, and you know, a lot of restaurants. Uh, you know, we'll use them as a garnish, um, and, you know, whether people eat them or not, they're a pretty thing to have on the plate. They're, they're just not quite as flavorful, but, yes, you can grow them, and I think they're certainly worth growing during the cool months. Think I'll be able to find the seeds? 
I, other than the fact it's getting a little bit late, I think you'd be able to find them most anywhere you buy seed. Okay. All right. You have a great day. You do the same, Jan. Thanks for the call. And All goodbye. Right. All right. Tim is up next. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Uh, the second reminder about the uh, landowners uh, <clears throat> conference. In right. Now. We've got about a minute and a half till news time. So let's run through that. It's coming up next Saturday, right? No, no. It's on Friday. Oh, on Friday. I'm sorry. Right. Friday the 15th. And uh, the tickets are $15 an individual or $20 a couple. You can do it online at hillcountryalliance.org. Our walk-ins are also welcome. The location is Anhalt Dance Hall on Spring Branch. Registration 930, uh, program 10 to 4.30 p.m. includes lunch and a social hour. It's hosted by the Hill Country Alliance and the Clamell County Conservation Alliance. And it covers financial tools and programs for landowners, conservation easement basics, and tax benefits, and a panel discussion with local landowners. And uh, I attended the one that you presented in in Cibolo Nature Center, and it was really good to hear that landowner speak. Well, and you've got some great people on the program, and, uh, you know, 15 bucks to get a good lunch or $20 for two people to get a good lunch. You're basically barely covering the cost of lunch, and you get all the benefit of the good speakers. Uh, Hill Country Alliance has some great handouts. I know you'll have a lot of material to put in the hand of landowners, and um, it's just a good thing. Now, again, it's this Friday and uh, at Anhalt out there uh, on Highway 46, and uh, starts, you say, registration at 930, program at 10? Right. And if anybody wants more information, go to HCA or hillcountryalliance.org, and it'll all be there. You got it. And I appreciate this announcement. Thank you. I appreciate you talking about it and holding this seminar. We'll be right back with more here on KTSA San Antonio. 